Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Come be a part of the greatest stable since the Four Horsemen and FreeShows.com is your home for Arn and all of my other podcasts. And you get every episode from all the shows early, ad-free, and on video for as low as $9 a month. That's just 30 cents a day. Want to add cheese to that Whopper? AdFreeShows.com also has tons of exclusive Arn bonus content, like reliving the very first War Games match or watching back a landmark moment in Arn's career pinning Hulk Hogan 1-2-3 on Nitro. We also have interactive events where you get to chat one-on-one with Arn during Ask Arn Live, or how about live watch-along events like we did with FTR and Tully. Uh, of course, Arn is not one to toot his own horn, so I will toot-toot. AdFreeShows.com is the best value going in wrestling today. So sign up today or else. Maybe we should have a gun sound effect here. I'm just kidding. AdFreeShows.com. Recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to Orn. And of course, we couldn't do it without the Hall of Famer, the founder of the Four Horsemen, the creator of the Spine Buster. He is the enforcer. He's Double A. He's Arn Anderson. Arn, how are you, man? Terrific yourself, man. Better than I deserve. So excited to be here with you talking about may of 1987. Golly, we've had a lot of fun talking about Jim Crockett promotions. Have we not? Yes, sir. Well, it was a great time. Why wouldn't you? I mean, things were going well. It was unprecedented time in the business. I think without question. And, uh, we start off with a big show. It's at the Omni, uh, May 1st, 1987, Third from the top, it's Arn and Tully taking on Ole Anderson and Tim Horner. Uh, and man, at this point, you guys are probably starting to uh, get in your rhythm with you versus Ole. Did you prefer Ole as an opponent or a tag team partner? A uh, partner, for sure. Uh, it was a good, you know, that was a good blend with him and Tim. You know, Ole was an ass kicker. 
Tim was a technician, but a young guy, you know, in the business. So it was a Tully and I had a little bit of experience, in the, at least in the fans' eyes, as a team, not necessarily in the business itself, but because Tim broke in before I did, but we, I think, had a little more experience as, a, as partners. Uh, the very next day, you guys had a WTBS taping, of course, May 2nd. That's a matinee show. Later that night, you would find yourself in Chattanooga, Tennessee, but another matinee show on May 3rd. This time, you're in Charleston, West Virginia, 2,200 fans. On top, we've got Ric Flair and Jimmy Garvin in the main event, believe it or not. Of course, Lex Luger is uh, going to be interfering on behalf of Ric Flair. So Lex Luger flirting with the main events already just a few months into his run here. But in the middle of the card, it's Ole and Arn. And Ole's going to get a win by disqualification. Of course, you damn dirty horsemen, you're a bunch of cheaters. Uh, what was it like working with Ole in a singles match versus a tag match? I mean, it feels like in a singles match, buddy, he's just going to beat your ass the entire time, is he not? Pretty much. Pretty much. Uh, I mean, it, it was competitive. It was short, intense, a little more competitive than most people would think. Um, Ole was what he was. He was a steamroller. Yeah. I can't imagine, um, some of these baby face promos he's cutting. I mean, they feel real because they're coming through as real. And then of course he's got to make it look real at the show was only known as being, uh, I don't know, a little stiff, a little snug. Yeah. It was pretty close to being real. Yeah. Uh, what you see is what you get. I mean, he wasn't that good that he could make it look that good and it'd be painless. But the thing about it is Conrad in those days, it was a different thought process, you know, got a lot of guys that took pride and, and, uh, being ass kickers, you know, they weren't necessarily artists, uh, Every single night they went through the curtain, it was real to them. And until they got back through the curtain, it was real. And guys would, you know, it was okay to whack a guy. As long as you didn't knock a guy's teeth out or kick a guy directly in the gone ads, you know, that was just part of it. So let's also mention that, uh, this is very much the era of quote unquote kayfabe. Um, this is a different era. You know, you're not having good guys and bad guys riding together and all that jazz. Did your travel change when, when you were on opposite ends with Ole or were y'all never really traveling together to begin with? No, we never traveled together. He had his own deal and you know, Ole was on a, uh, a smaller schedule than we were. When you were there every day, you would set up rides and stuff for guys, you know, in advance. And you know, Ole was, Ole was part-time at this time. He wasn't going every day. So he pretty much, he would just do his own thing. I would imagine. I, um, I want to ask about the next day because we find ourselves in Greenville, South Carolina. It's May 4th. Uh, you're going to be in a tag match. You and Tully once again against Ole and Tim Horner. We've talked a little bit in recent weeks about what an underrated performer Tim Horner is, but let's talk about Greenville, South Carolina for a minute. You know, there's been a lot of great moments in Greenville over the years. I know they had the big moment where, where Rick and triple H had a match on raw and it was like probably Rick's last real title shot. And it looks like, oh, maybe he could do it. Of course it wasn't to be, but then there's the whole moment where you guys reunited the horseman after flair had been in a, a pretty bitter feud with Eric Bischoff. Of course, once again, that's in horseman country. How important to the horseman was Greenville, South Carolina. It was, uh, 
one of your stalwarts. It was one of those towns that, you know, that you knew. Now, this was ran every Monday or every other Monday at the very least. So you had a very intelligent crowd there. They knew what was going on week to week. <clears throat> they were current on the television show. And uh, it was just one of those towns that had always been very good and it always will be, be very good. If you run it tomorrow, you'd have a good crowd because um, they just like wrestling down there. And it's one of those towns that's just been around forever. And when somebody says Greenville, you just take for granted, that's going to be a lot of fun. Spartanburg, South Carolina is your home the next day for a TV taping on May 5th. Old Cinco de Mayo. You reckon you and the boys were uh, hitting a Mexican restaurant or a Mexican bar after the show there? No, we were skyrocketing back to Charlotte. I'm sure warp speed. You don't get very shots like that, 50, 70 miles, whatever it is. From We were just there uh, for a big uh, show uh, with Big Time Wrestling a couple weeks back where we had uh, the Rock and Roll Express against FTR. I'm getting a little bit off the subject, but, man, it's been a long time since I've seen guys that far apart in age that thrilled to be working with each other. It was something uh, I wish you could have saw it, Conrad. To be honest with you, you would have enjoyed it. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. This year, it's time to get off the couch and get back into the bedroom. Blue Shoe can help. Guys, we know that confidence can take you far in life. And when you feel confident, you're at your best, especially when it comes time to step up to the plate. That's where Blue Chew comes in. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as both Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. And you can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Now, the process is simple. You sign up at bluechew.com. You consult with one of their licensed medical providers. And once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. And the best part, it's all done online. So no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Bluetooth tablets are made in the USA, prepared and shipped directly to your door, all in a discreet package. And with Bluetooth, men everywhere are excited to see the postman because when your package has arrived, um, <clears throat> your package has arrived. So if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, Bluetooth can help. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Bluetooth for free when you use our promo code ARN at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com. The promo code is ARN to receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Bluechew for sponsoring today's podcast. What are you waiting for? Hurry up and go to savewithconrad.com. Hurry up and start saving money. That's what we're talking about. Keeping more of your own money. That really is what we do at savewithconrad.com. How's this for starters? No house payments for two months. And when it comes time for you to start making payments two months from now, it's going to be the best deal you ever had. You see, not only are we going to get you the best interest rate you ever had, we're also going to help you get out of debt faster and do it with cheaper monthly payments. Now, you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this, but if you're in a 30-year loan, it's not a matter of if we can save you money. It really is a matter of how much. 
and I'm sure you know by now your house is worth more than ever before. Why not use that newfound equity to get rid of your private mortgage insurance? That PMI, as we like to call it, could save you hundreds of dollars each and every month, and you could be paying it unnecessarily. Stop giving your money away. Get rid of your PMI. Get the best rate you ever had. And hey, if you've got credit card debt, what are you doing? The average interest rate is over 19% on credit cards in America, and you know you can do better than that. Plus, the interest you pay on a credit card is not tax deductible. So not only can we get you a better rate, but a greater tax deduction too. If you can get a lower monthly payment and a greater tax deduction and save tens of thousands of dollars by paying your house off faster, why wouldn't you? Hurry, find out how much money you can save for free at SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. And that's right, don't forget, skip your next two payments at SaveWithConrad.com. Man, I love to see it. Um, I, I want to talk about this, uh, this next day, this May 6th event. Now, of course, there's a lot of wrestling matches. You guys ran Denver, North Carolina. You, you ran a high school gym in South Carolina and championship wrestling from Florida was really loaded with your whole roster. Flair's there working with Jimmy Garvin. Dusty is working on that show. Ricky and Robert are there, but something pretty major happens on May 6th, 1987. There's an article in the old Charlotte observer that says that Jim Crockett promotions had purchased the universal wrestling federation effective May 1st. Now, this is something I want to talk a little bit about because we remember talking back in March of 1987, how important uh, of a moment it was to see Vince McMahon put together WrestleMania three and how really Crockett promotions felt the pressure to try to keep up and compete at that point. And WrestleMania three was by far the biggest wrestling show of all time. And now they're on the march to grow their syndicated network. And this was really the battle of syndication in this era. Of course, the WWF has superstars and challenge. Both of those are syndicated shows, but man, nothing beats the TBS show that you guys have. So you've got worldwide, you've got pro, but you're trying to expand that footprint. And in my conversations with Jim Crockett, he said he felt like in order to really compete on a national basis with Vince, he had to have the right number of channels. And he forgot what number of channels it was. He guessed maybe it was a hundred, but ultimately that's what leads him to make the decision to purchase bill Watts. Now, as the legend goes, and Lord knows I wasn't there, but this is rumor and innuendo that perhaps Jim Ross maybe brokered a deal on behalf of Mr. Watts by pitting Mr. Crockett saying, Hey, if you don't want it, we can always sell it to Vince, which of course made Crockett jump at the chance. And of course, Crockett then eventually had a little buyer's remorse. He was stuck with the big lease. He was stuck with a lot of overhead and he had this whole new roster, which in theory for his new idea, the wrestling network could have been a big idea to have UWF stars versus Jim Crockett stars. So it could have almost looked like a cover of a pro wrestling illustrated magazine. We know that didn't really work as well as we hoped. And a generation later, it wouldn't really work with WCW and the WWF either. But what do you remember hearing about? Wait a minute. We bought Watts's territory. Was that something that you were excited about? Or did you start to say Is somebody coming for our spot? How's that going to affect our money? What's the thinking amongst the boys at the time? Well, even those of us that didn't, weren't that concerned with the inner workings of the office, we did know that, what are you buying? The territory was on its ass. Right. It's not like they were on fire and you had a crew of guys that were red hot, you know, JYD in his time, Ted DiBiase, <clears throat> you know, 
Jim Duggan, all those guys, you know, Mr. Olympia, all the guys that were red hot at different times in Bill Watts territory, that's that's kind of what people are expecting. You didn't have that. You had a company that was floundering because, let's face it, WWE, which was WWF at the time, and Jim Crockett Promotions had the predominance of, of all the talent that was available, all the top talent. That would be my estimation. So, you know, it was like, okay, we didn't hear the numbers back then of what what the purchase price was, but we knew it was going to come out of the check and it was going to come out of all of our checks to pay for that. And it just, we even knew then, what are you buying? And as it turned out, we were right. You bought nothing, towns that were dead. Was there any talent when you looked at that roster that you thought, Hey, I don't know about the business end, but I know I can have some good matches with that guy. Well, I mean, you know, you had Steve Williams. I mean, I don't even remember who was on that roster. You got any names that pop pop in your head? Well, I mean, I know everybody seemed to be excited about, you know, the idea that they were going to have Doc come in, Terry Taylor, obviously Sting's going to come in. I mean, Sting's going to go on to be one of the biggest stars in the promotion, and he's part of the acquisition, along with guys like, you know, Rick Steiner. There's a lot of big talent at the time, but none of it really jumped off the page to you at the time, huh? Well, they, I mean, you looked at him and you went, God, how do you look at Rick Steiner without going, God, he's impressive. Sting, he's impressive, sure. Steve Williams, I broke in with Steve Williams. I knew exactly, you know, what, what you're looking at there. I mean, the guy was a beast, but but you didn't have established stars that were selling tickets. If you were, if Bill Watts' territory was on fire like it once was, you wouldn't have been able to pry it out of his hands. Right. Obviously, obviously. And that was just common sense. What'd you think of a guy like Chris Adams? We haven't spent any time talking about him. Probably the innovator of the super kick. One of the most popular moves used these days. Uh, what can you tell us uh, about gentleman, Chris Adams, if anything? Now, yeah. I never was around him very much. Very, I mean, there was probably a few times we were in the same dressing room, but he was a very good worker. And, uh, you know, the fact that he had the strong English accent made him different. And uh, sometimes just being different and being able to work is all you really need. Uh, I think he was exclusive probably as far as being a star to the Texas area, Dallas territory. I don't know how world-renowned he was or how far Chris Adams' reach was as far as how he was viewed by wrestling fans, but it was definitely a good hand. What about Terry Gordy? Another name that's really synonymous with, uh, mid South. Is he somebody you had had any time with or experience with, or did you just know him through the magazines? I just knew about him and, uh, you know, like everybody else had watched him and I knew Terry Gordy was the real deal. He's a big 300 pound guy that, that could move, get around that ring like a 200 pounder. He was smart. He knew the business. He knew the psychology of the business. He was durable. I don't remember ever hearing about, well, Terry Gordy got hurt. He's going to be out X number of months. I don't remember ever hearing that. And, you know, the Freebirds, they had that unusual click of guys that they all played off of each other. They were all mm. different. And, uh, you know, it, they got over. And when you're part of something that was over that strong, you knew Terry Gordy was the real deal. You're going to inherit a bunch of other talent who went through there eventually, too, like Ron Simmons and you actually knew some folks who had been through there, you know, Ted DiBiase. We talked about him very earlier in your career. 
Uh, he is going to wind up leaving, uh, Bill Watts and going to work for Vince McMahon, create the million dollar man character. And boy, his life is forever changed. Had you kept in touch with Ted? I, I know a lot of times, you know, the territories, you just sort of lose touch with guys and see you when I see you. Uh, but he was a big part of your early career. Did you ever have a conversation with Ted about what the Watts territory was like in that era? We took vacations with Ted. Oh, wow. You know, his, his wife and my wife are to this day, very good friends. We saw him just a while back that, uh, the big signing that they have the fanboy signing in Knoxville, they came over. Uh, we had dinner one night, Tim Horner and his wife came over. We had all had dinner together. It was, we've been friends through, uh, this entire close to 40 years. He was my first mentor. He was the first guy that I came back through the curtain, uh, for Bill Watts, my first territory, first match of the night, <clears throat> and lo and behold, who did I see? Ted DiBiase, and he said, uh, "You know, you got a minute." I said, "Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. you bet." He said, "Well, I watched your match, and, and this was good. And this was okay. This was rotten. Take that out. Move this around a little bit. <clears throat> Try that tomorrow." He was on top, not only in that territory. I would suggest he was recognized as one of the top heels in, in the business at that time. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. Let's take a time out here. And while we normally have a lot of fun on this show, this is a pretty serious topic. Life insurance, specifically Goliath life insurance. Let me give you a pro tip. We're all going to die. So before you get a visit from the undertaker, think just for a second about what would happen if your family stopped having your income tomorrow with life insurance from GoliathLife.com, What we're really talking about is protecting what you've worked so hard to provide for both you and more importantly, your family. You see, life insurance isn't about you. It's about those who matter the most to you. Sure. You do a great job taking care of them now, but who would do that? If something awful happened to you, I just lost two friends in the last year and a half, one forty-two with two kids, the other 46 who left behind a wife and three kids. Thank God they had insurance. And Hey, I hear you. Nobody wants to think or talk about life insurance, but think about this. You might not get in a car accident but you have auto insurance. You might not get sick, but you have health insurance. So we'll protect our car and we'll even protect ourselves from like crazy medical bills. But will we protect our family? That's what life insurance means to me. Peace of mind. Goliathlife.com streamlines the life insurance purchase process by allowing you to get quotes from more than 20 carriers all at the same time. And at the same place, Goliathlife.com. You'll do a fast and easy application and have multiple quotes within minutes. And oh, by the way, goliathlife.com has solutions for every budget. And maybe best of all, you pick your terms and payments at goliathlife.com. Once you pick your price, you can start the online application immediately and check this out. You can even schedule the medical exam to happen in your home. You don't even have to leave the house to do this. And yes, I have done this. They sent someone to my office. It was fast. It was easy. 
and it was unlike anything I expected. I got to skip the phone calls, the paperwork and the crazy invasive conversations, and even the multiple visits to the doctor's office that we all hate so much. Goliathlife.com makes buying life insurance simple. Goliathlife.com promises no hidden fees, no upsell, no hassle, hell, not even a phone call. Goliathlife.com is life insurance in your hands on your time. Get multiple quick quotes right now from the comfort of your own home and begin your application in a few easy clicks right now at Goliathlife.com. For him to take the time to help me was just, it was unbelievable. And, uh, at the end of the five months <clears throat> and I got the spot in Atlanta with Matt Bourne and, and Paul Ellering, he, just as, you know, the last time I saw Teddy, he said, Hey, let's stay in touch. Da, 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 da. Cause I had traveled with him, you know, to a few towns. He let me travel with him. And of course I was driving his car, obviously he was sound asleep. He broke the car in the rule, but what was I going to say? Um, but he said, let's stay in touch. And uh, I said, Teddy, I don't know, you know, how I'll ever thank you, you know, just for, for the mentoring and, and helping me. He said, here's how you can thank me. If you ever see a guy that has the right attitude, has some ability uh, that you think deserves it, you help him and we'll just pay it forward. And that's what happened. Phenomenal. Um Let's also talk about, uh, the next show that you're, that you're back on the road for, because you know, the, 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 the beat never stops here. Yeah. There's a big acquisition. Yeah. There's three shows run that day, but come May 7th, we're back on the road and we're doing a double shot. We got Raleigh, North Carolina for the Dorton arena and, uh, all the also Ward, Waldorf, easy for me to say, Maryland, the next day in Baltimore, Baltimore has always been a hot town for you guys. 10,000 wrestling fans here. To see Jimmy Garvin and Ric Flair in the main event. Just underneath that, it's a battle of the Koloffs. It's going to be Nikita and Ivan in a Russian chain match. And then Dick Murdoch and Dusty Rhodes in a Texas death match. Two former best friends. Here they are hooking it up. The Road Warriors are taking on Rick Rude and Manny Fernandez. Lex Luger's in there with Ron Garvin. Vladimir Petrov is in with Baron. And you're working with Tim Horner. But I want to talk a little bit about the main event. Jimmy Garvin as a main eventer for Ric Flair. That's an interesting pairing here. Uh, obviously we both think a lot of Jimmy and, uh, their whole presentation, but it's a heel versus heel main event. what do you think of Jimmy versus flair as a main event in this era? At this particular time, it didn't make much of sense. Yeah. There's no other way to put it. It was just a random booking and I'm, I'm getting the feeling just by listening to the card. I mean, the guy that wrote down, uh, Pietroff versus Baron Von Raschke couldn't have pictured the match in his head before he wrote it down. Could he? I couldn't imagine. No. Cause you're talking about a stinkeroo. Yeah. And I love Baron and I didn't had nothing against the other guy, except I knew how green he was. And right. that was not his fault. He was thrown out there way before his time in an era where if you got, if you had a steady job in this industry, it was because you had the greatest gimmick on earth or you could work. And there was not gray area in between there very, very much. And you only had room for one or two gimmicks on it. You know, each crew to book that match. I'm glad I don't remember it because I couldn't have seen it. That's one I would have remembered 
for a lifetime, I'm sure. Uh, let's talk about uh, the next day, May 9th. We're back doing a TV taping, WTBS Studios. It's a six-man, Tully, Arn, yourself, and uh, Lex, of course, taking on Rocky King, Howell Moore, and Larry Stevens. Howell Moore, not a name I could have picked out of a lineup. Any good Howell Moore stories you can share with us? Now, you know, I don't know who Howell Moore is. <laughs> Why do you do this? No disrespect to the, to the human being. I just, that's just one that I don't remember. No, but I know you'll remember this. I think right now we've got a clip from Saturday night. And this, of course, was uh, a tradition for us at 6.05. And this is from May the 9th, 1987. We're going to hear from the Nature Boy. Here we go. The man, the world heavyweight champion, Nature Boy Rick Flair. And so proud to be with the NWA. So proud to be with Jim Crockett Promotions. So proud to be one of the four horsemen. So proud to be the very best in the greatest sport in the world, Tony Schiavone. Woo! Each and every day of my life gets better because I get richer. I become more famous. I acquire more material goods. And every day as I ride the highway, as I fly the skies with the four horsemen, I know that each city we jump on, number one, is going to be a capacity crowd. Number two, we're going to beat all our opponents. And number three, there's going to be between 500 and 1,000 women outside every hotel just dying. Woo! To ride! How about it? <laughs> and speaking of space mountain, precious, how long are you going to try and hide the ever loving back that you want? Somebody that you want to be with Rick Flair. Now, Tony, the world knows I gave her a very expensive gift, $15,000 worth of mink. And the joke is on me right now because I promised the world, Precious, be standing right here next to the nature boy. But she's playing hard to get. She's playing hard to get. She don't want to be a one-night stand. She wants permanent residence. So I'll tell you how it goes, Precious. Since you couldn't have possibly been first, you're going to be next, baby. And you know how I'm going to make that happen? You don't want to give me the coat back, tell the world you're sorry, and ride the mountain. Then I'm going to take Jimmy Garvin apart. I don't care where it is. And Precious, I'm going to take you and that coach. And head for the high country. Now, Daytona, Florida, Orlando, Florida, Greensboro, Chicago, Richmond, Norfolk, Fort Lauderdale, whoo, Atlanta, GA. Tony, come here. This is right here. What it's all about. It's Tony Bletcher. It's Aaron Anderson. It's Lex Luger. It's J.J. Dillon, it is 
the wrestling family of the world. We are the workers. We can cut it there. My goodness. How much fun was Ric Flair having being Ric Flair and the leader of the four horsemen there? Oh, that's what he did. Let me, let me ask something. When this airs <clears throat> and they have these clips of these audience members, don't you think they get a huge pop? Of course. Out of, out of seeing themselves on there going, wait a minute. Look, that's, that's me. so-and-so, or that's, that's my aunt, or that's my grandmother, or yep. well, that's my sister. How cool would that be to be seeing this when you're sitting home watching the show? The coolest thing ever, man. And God uh mighty. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Uh, if I had to bet, I would bet that, uh, you horsemen managed to get a W over on Mr. Howell Moore and Larry Stevens and Rocky King. You want to bet a dollar? We'd been pretty ha- hard to handle after a promo like that. I would think, <laughs> I would uh, think so. You know, it was, uh, but it was one of those days where you're having fun and, and it just occurred to me. Now I have the answer to how you could book Jimmy Garvin against Ric Flair. It was all about precious. Yeah. Wasn't heel, wasn't babyface, it wasn't any of that. It was, hey, the guy's hitting on the man's wife. What's he supposed to do? You're exactly right. And boy, Flair did a lot of that in those promos back then. And I'm sure there was more carrying on. On May 11th, uh, we're back in Greenville, South Carolina. You're working second from the top. You're teaming with the world champ, Ric Flair, to take on Ole and Tim Horner. Uh, how was Ole and Arn, or, or Ole and Rick, in a, in a match together? You know, there's been lots of rumor and innuendo that for whatever reason, Ole didn't really think a lot of Rick. Uh, did that become a pissing contest at any point during a match or were they all no. business? No, they're too big, too, too professional for that. I'm sure they slugged it out pretty good, but nothing out of line. You know, that's not the place to take out your personal grievances in the ring. As crazy as that may sound, where else would you do it? But you know, you don't you don't take a liberty or do anything over the top with somebody because you don't like them. If if you're in this business and you're competing against another guy, it doesn't matter if you like him or not. You're at work and you're on the clock, and you try to give the fans what they paid for, and that's all you do. Well, you gave them their money's worth in Columbia on May 12th. You're going to beat up uh, Jeff Sampson here, and then after the bout, Bob Cottle's going to do a ringside interview with you here and. I think we got a clip of that. We'll play in a moment, uh, but that was recorded on the 12th that aired on the 16th, that same show you do a TV taping, uh, also not just for pro, but for worldwide. Uh, and there we would see you team up with Tully and Lex to take on Todd champion, uh, Tommy angel and David Isley Todd champion though. We're starting to see that name pop up more and more here. Boy, he, uh, he had a longer run than I remember. I mean, it feels like. He was more of a WCW guy, but here he was here in Jim Crockett promotions in 1986, 1987. Well, and he was there to, you know, do business. He wasn't featured. He wasn't part of the crew. He was just a guy that was 
came in to do television. And David Osley, great. Tommy Angel, two great hands, two good guys. You know, I've kind of kept up with David Osley over the years, and Tommy Angel was, you know, was always a very talented guy. And uh, I don't remember, this must have been the time that uh, Chris Champion, we're talking about Todd Champion? Excuse me. Yeah, Todd Champion, yeah. I, I know that he's working primarily enhancement, and I think he's going to have a little run in Japan. But when he comes back in 91, it feels like, you know, He's getting a bit of a push in WCW, but that's not what yeah. we're seeing here. Yeah. I mean, we all have beginnings. Yes. And, and every one of us pretty much started out the same way. I started out the same way, you know, Todd did. You know, I was a tackling dummy on TV. Thank God it didn't last long. And uh, like I said, he, you know, he was such a big, impressive guy. He was, he was a whopper. Uh, he would get your attention. And when he came back later on, you know, it would be a little bit of a different spot. Next up, uh, we've got to talk about, uh, your next shot. It's May 16th. It's a TV taping once again with your old pal, David Isley. And of course it's in the WTBS studio. Uh, before we do that clip though, I want to play another clip from the 16th. Uh, this is where we're going to hear JJ Dillon talking about, uh, the four horsemen versus the free birds. Let's take a listen. Across the ring from the fabulous Freebirds will be three of the four horsemen, Tully Blanchard, Lex Luger, the world champion, Ric Flair, and along, of course, with their mentor, James J. Dillon. You know what amazes me? Less than two weeks ago, I went on national television, and I said, as I've said week in and week out for the last year, that the four horsemen dominate the world of professional wrestling. Whether you're talking about one-on-one, any of the four, any two, I'm talking about the Dream Team, Rick Flair, Lex Luger, I'm talking about any combination. If you want to pick three, you've got the finest three single athletes in the world, and then, of course, that very, very rare occasion when all four might enter the ring at the same time. Now, you know, sure, the world six-man champions are the Road Warriors, Dusty Rhodes. They're awesome. But every time we talk about challenge for that title, the Road Warriors find it very convenient to end up in Japan, beating up on a couple jumps, and come back with the international tag belt. Now, all of a sudden, the Freebirds. Welcome back home to the Freebirds. All of a sudden, their name's on a contract. Well, it's very appropriate that it be right here in Atlanta, Georgia, because for the four horsemen, this is our home away from home. Every week right here on the Superstation, you find one of us or all of us. So it's already fitting that it come back to the Omni on Sunday, June 7th. Well, Michael Hayes, we know you can sing. And Terry Gordon, we know you can strut your bed. And Buddy Roberts, I don't know what your hang-up is, but obviously since you left town, somebody else has moved in and set up camp, and we don't figure on leaving. So Sunday, June 7th, we're going to find out just how bad the Freebirds are because we already know how bad the horsemen are. Fans, we come back, it's our match for the U.S. Tag Team Championship. Don't you dare go away. Man, J.J. Dillon just fit the horsemen like peas and carrots. Did he know it? Perfect. He was as much a horseman as any one of us. I've said it a thousand times. If you identify, you know, go back, hey, the original horseman, the first group, couple of groups of horsemen, J.J. Dillon was as much a part of that as anybody, and he qualified. He was so intelligent and articulate, such a smart guy. Can't tell you. I love J.J. to this day. 
the uh, May 16th uh, date, we'll not only see you guys doing the uh, TV taping here in Atlanta, but you're going to show up in Greensboro at the Coliseum that night. And here we've got the Road Warriors taking on Lex Luger and Arn Anderson in front of over 6,000 fans. You're second from the top. But man, the Road Warriors and Lex Luger and Arn Anderson, that feels like which one of these is not like the other. You're telling me I wasn't one of the body guys? Well, I was kind of leaning towards you could wrestle. So there's that. Yeah, and what did that get you on that particular night? Uh, a lot of pain, a lot of pain, a lot of hurt. Yeah, I was kind of the odd guy out, but you know what? <clears throat> That's okay. It's quite all right. Uh, when you're in a match with those three guys, being the odd guy out and making, you know, to the naked eye on that particular night, I was the one getting bounced all over that ring, getting my ass handed to me. And that would be correct. However, that was also the flow of the match, the excitement of the match. Somebody had to fall down. Yeah. And it probably wasn't going to be the other three. So <laughs> it, was, it wasn't a conversation. It wasn't a realization it was just i had a job to do and that's what i did and that's what made the thing flow i'll take a bow right now if you go back and watch it with grown-up eyes it looks entirely different i want to mention uh you paid the price for all those bumps all those days though our, our listeners can hear uh you're sitting in a massage chair right now as we do the show because uh every now and again daddy needs a little help does he not can you hear that oh yeah of course well, then I'm cutting it off then. Oh, no, I? it's fine. We need you feeling good, man. Let me tell you, my spot here, which I enjoy immensely doing this show with you, is equipped with a massage chair that I need on a daily basis. And uh, boy, does it help. Damn, I didn't know you could hear it on your end. Well, no, it's all good. Hey, man, you can't hide money. Uh, we're happy for you. Cats out of the bag. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that I'm able to walk straight part of the time, you just stooge me off. Damn it. Well, now, if, right. I, if I had your infinity pool and your hot tub and all, probably your private masseuse that comes in three to five days a week. Listen to you. I'd be fine anyway, but I, I don't have those, you know. Oh, gosh. Listen to you. Assets. So it's my size chair. Raleigh, North Carolina sees a, a TV taping on May 19th. We get, uh, Arn Anderson beating Tommy angel here. You hit him with the spine buster and the gourd buster, the old one, two punch. How did you decide who got one or the other and who got both? Whatever mood I was in, if I felt particularly nasty, I would do both. And if I just felt semi nasty and the quality of the opponent only dictated one, that's all I did. It was. I don't know that there was ever a conscious decision until it came time. Yeah, I get that. Uh, May 20th, you're going to be, uh, making some towns. we got two shows that day, one in Savannah, Georgia, one in Hillsville, Virginia. There's even uh, a shot that a lot of the guys from Jim Crockett promotions and the UWF are on down in championship wrestling from Florida. You guys were making a few trips down here in 1987. Uh, what'd you think of, of all those trips you made? to work in the Florida territory. I know it's not exactly where you started. Obviously it's a different territory, but still Florida's Florida. Is that something you look forward to, or is it just a bad travel day? Well, 
I'll throw it back at you. Don't other than your home state of Alabama, don't you love Florida? Of course, absolutely. So do I. And there's something. Every town there has something to offer, whether it's in the middle of the state or it's on the coast or it's on the Gulf, whatever. And you know, if you had there, there's a double-edged sword here. You got Hillsville, Virginia, which is straight up 77 up in the mountains, but it's only 100 miles from your bed. That's one asset. Yeah. But if you go to Florida, and with the history of Florida Championship Wrestling, and you got a probably a bigger card and a bigger crew, you're going to make more money. So if you're trying to balance that, you usually go, well, I, if I got Hillsville and I'm booked there, I'm not sad about it. But it, when I hear that the Florida town does ninety-seven grand, maybe I would go. Mm, boy, I wish I was on that house. Right. Well, let's uh, let's talk about the next date. Uh, once the Florida show is in the rearview mirror, uh, you're back in Salisbury, Maryland, and this time, or actually, you're not on the show. Vladimir Petrov had to substitute for you, but you were advertised to take on Brad Armstrong. This would have been at a youth and civic center on May 21st. The main event that day was the rock and roll express versus Rick rude and Mandy Fernandez. I know I'm asking you to remember something from 35 years ago. Any idea what's going on here? Why you would have uh, missed a shot. Was, what well, was there another show running that day? No, sir. That was the only one. Couldn't have just been a day off. Could it? It looks like maybe there was a few days off here. I don't show that you were working on the 22nd, uh, or the 20th. So there's a few days here where it looks like you were off. I didn't know if maybe that was, I don't know what your kids' birthdays are, but I guess I was wondering would that have worked in 87. If you'd ask for your kid's birthday off, then said, sure. And we'll let you off the next week and the week after that. And the third week, you, you wouldn't have considered asking for that. Really? No, sir. As, as, as selfish as the business is, and it is, because once you're in a spot and you're established, and, and here's how you have to really examine a no-show. <clears throat> in the business in those days, say it was the Road Warriors or say it was the Four Horsemen or say it was the Midnight Express, if you had Bobby Eaton there with an Italian stallion or Dennis Condry with the Italian stallion as his partner, you lose the whole concept of the Midnight Express. If you had one road warrior there and somebody else filling in, say Brad Armstrong, you didn't have the road warriors that day. And in those days, you did not miss a shot. If you could get to the town, have someone drive you to the town take an ambulance to the, t- to the town, whatever you had to do to get there, you did not miss shots. My question would be for Salisbury, would Arn Anderson and Brad Armstrong even been far enough up the card to, to advertise? I don't know how I would have known that you were substituting unless you were. I assume they had postered the town, but maybe I could be wrong. So maybe it was a smaller card? Because that would have been, if they advertised it, then it had to be three or four up the card, I would imagine. Well, but any, I guess the point is you just didn't miss shots. And as to why I wouldn't have been there, it wouldn't have been 
reward. You're going to have some days off, any of that stuff. And in May, I don't know. I don't really know why I wasn't there, to be honest with you. Come the 26th, uh, we're going to be doing another TV here. Uh, and we're going to see JJ Dillon do a promo saying that Ric Flair's working in Virginia beach and South Carolina, Arn Anderson's on vacation. And then he continues on. Uh, but as far as I can see, that's actually your last appearance, uh, until the end of the month. So you worked a date on, um, what is it here? The 19th and from the 19th to the 30th, I don't show that you worked any dates. There's 5,500 fans in Philadelphia on May 30th. When you come back, hold it. Okay. Now during this time, there was a couple of years there where Jimmy Crockett rewarded us and gave us a vacation and paid for it. Oh, wow. Yes. And I'm, this could be, now I took Aaron and we went to Hawaii. So help me understand. Your kid's so being this, born, fuck off. You can't take time off, but Hey, I'm going to pay you to go to Hawaii. That's hard to wrap my head around. He's the boss. <laughs> what do you say to that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey, if you're going to pay for me a vacation to go to Hawaii first class, you know, for my wife and I and pay for the hotel, the kids, I'll have to just tell them, Hey, it really wasn't your birthday yesterday. <laughs> you just thought it was. <laughs> We're going to celebrate it today. It's chunky cheese, by the way. Yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> for some reason, for me to have been off because I hadn't been injured, I know it wasn't due to an injury. I hadn't been injured yet. Um, that could have been the Hawaii trip. That's hmm. awesome. Well, how about that, man? Yeah, little, that don't suck. No, a little Hawaii action. Nobody's mad at that. But well, we, right. we do have uh, some clips that we want to play here. Uh, we'll start with one from the uh, 23rd. This is a fun one. Uh, this is a commercial for souvenir cups. You know, when we, whenever we sat down and talked to Mr. Crockett, he talked about how one of the ways that he ultimately lost the ward events is he didn't have enough staff. He needed more licensing opportunities. And here's one for souvenir cups from May 23rd, 1987. It's doing that thing again. I'll cut the I'll cut the silence. They're bad. Rock and Roll Express, Barry Windham, and Road Warriors meet Ric Flair, Dusty Rhodes, and Nikita Koloff to make a special appearance on these limited edition cups. Collect all your favorites with 32 ounces of any fountain drink, only 69 cents each at Crown Express Marts, Fast Fair, and Zippy Marts. They're big. They're bad. How fun is that, man? Souvenir cups. We would hear CM Punk talk about it a generation later, but now you had some JCP stars on cups at, at service stations. That's a big time deal. I mean, that is a Vince McMahon level licensing opportunity. Do you remember seeing those out in the wild? And was that cool to see, uh, some of your running mates on those cups? No, it wasn't cool to see. Why weren't we on one? (laughs) I was not happy for them at all. It is weird that they had Barry Windham on a cup. I mean, he's relatively new to the territory here. I mean, you should have taken up some grievances here. Well, let me tell you something. This is starting to be the beginning of 
when we saw we're okay to to headline a, a town, any town, and uh, draw money, but for some reason Tully and I are not marketable. Mm. That started, and without even me just seeing that now, I starting to go well. You know, these guys aren't in these main events by themselves, right? You know what's missing from this picture, and I can I can tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt, <clears throat> if we would have had a marketing machine and featured that crew of guys, heels and baby faces alike. Jim Crockett would still be in business to this day. There was so much additional money that was out there. I mean, you know, I told you the story about going through the little bitty town, wherever it was, and, you know, pulling to the edge of town and there being a traffic jam, thinking there was a a big wreck or something, and it was the Rock and Roll Express at Hardy's, for God's sakes. Yeah. I mean, there was God knows how many people. You know, and that could have went on every single weekend. And for these guys, whatever towns we were in, booked that stuff. You know, it was just a question of single-mindedness and not having the foresight to go, hey, God Almighty, man, we got a crew of guys that can kick ass, that are selling tickets, you know, da-da-da-da-da. Let's let's get these guys some T-shirts. Let's get some some jackets out there. Let's get, you know, I'm not saying go all the way to the ice creams and— and lunch boxes and all that, but man, have some merchandise. No, I totally agree. It makes total sense to me. And, um, it is interesting to think, you know, how little merch there was back then. I think Crockett was onto something. If he had a bigger squad, he had a bigger crew and he had invested maybe a little less in, in, in air travel and maybe a little more boots on the ground folks handling this licensing stuff. No telling what it could have been. Um, Let's talk about world. Go ahead. Take take the millions that you spent on watch territory invested in marketing. Well, he didn't spend millions. I mean, ultimately that deal never got all the way paid off. I think they had an agreement in principle, but Watts never got paid in full because frankly, the guys felt like they got sold a bill of goods. They showed up and he was past due on this and that, and they weren't assuming all the bad debt. So they had to sort of hit control alt delete on all that. And it was just a mess all around. And. To your point, Watts' territory was on its ass or it wouldn't have been where it was. And uh, they sure. were they were not there to clean it up. Let's talk about May 23rd. Uh, there's an episode of Worldwide, and we've got a clip here for a contract signing between Dusty Rhodes and Tully Blanchard. And, of course, the four horsemen are in the boardroom. And uh, these contract signings and boardrooms, this is classic JCP. Let's take a look. Gentlemen, we told you, the four horsemen, what they've been trying to do. Everything is done by a contract nowadays. The four horsemen got Dusty Rhodes, a brother Jim Crockett Jr., Magnum TA, in a lawyer's office to discuss a contract for a great match. And we're talking about a lot of money. Let's take a look at that signing of that contract in the lawyer's office right now. Better expected to be here at the appointed time. And then we're sitting here, the four horsemen, with the busy things that we have to do, waiting on him. Now, there's no excuse That's for this. That's typical, though. That's typical. It's the same thing he always does. You know, it's a psych-out thing. You know, like, is he going to show? Is he not going to show? You know, men Mr. In Crockett. Our position, men in our position. Mr. Crockett looks pretty confident tardiness. across the room over there. Uh, what do you know? Well, look who's here. Fine. 
sure that Rolex watch of yours uh, keeps good time. I hope we haven't inconvenienced you this afternoon. How you doing, Jimmy? Good, Dustin. Well, we'll make this real short and sweet because I'm sure we all have a very busy schedule. Dusty Rhodes has issued a challenge on national television where he wants to put up $50,000 and face Mr. Blanchard for the world television title. But well, we've made it clear from day one that as long as Mr. Blanchard remains, the champion will dictate the terms. And we have never felt and do not feel now that we need to face you on television under any circumstances. But the question here, the $50,000 does intrigue us. Number one, we don't know for a fact that there is $50,000 in the paper sack that you, uh, in the paper sack that you uh, brought on television. Now, I understand that Mr. Crockett has been besieged with calls from promoters all over the country, and I know the phones have been ringing from wrestling fans all over the country wanting to see this match. So I assume that you would like to see this match take place. But again, we dictate the terms. So, Mr. Crockett, if you want to make this match, it's going to cost you upfront money, apart from any purse or any other consideration, just to make the match and to have Mr. Blanchard appear and defend the title, it's going to cost you upfront money $50,000. Mr. Dillon, it's highly irregular to get an appearance money and your normal compensation for wrestling. Well, that's just how it's going to be. Excuse me, I got $50,000 here. Let's stop talking about it. The, the, the money's here. My money's here. I want the match. Do whatever needs to be done. I want the match. Let's stop talking about it. <laughs> Would my check be sufficient? Please. My understanding is it's a winner-take-all situation. We're expected to put up the $50,000. So uh, this represents uh, our part of the, of the total purse. That's our $50,000, and I assume that check is good. <laughs> now, we're going to waive our normal uh, procedure where we would dictate the date and the location, and uh, we're going to let you do that. I mean, that's the least we can do. Well, uh, now that I, you have endorsed the check, uh, sort of given up that right to pick much of anything, I have a contract here for your man, Tully Blanchard, to defend the world television title against uh, Dusty Rhodes on June the 6th in Greensboro, North Carolina. For your signature. say one fall 25 minutes here it says one fall 60 minutes that is correct and I already have your check for fifty thousand dollars lot of money it's a minor point I think yes yes sign it yeah I think it's a minor point Sir, now the only thing left that I can see is to establish that, in fact, uh, Mr. Rhodes has $50,000. You get your hand off the money. You want the money? June the 6th, 
Greensboro, North Carolina. You come and get it. Magnum's going to be holding the money that night in the building from here on out. That's all we got to say about it. Thank you, Mr. Crockett, very much. I'll see you June the 6th in Greensboro, Tully Blanchard. Man, how fun was that little piece of business? What do you remember about that, uh, that shoot? That was great. It's good to have Magnum as a part of that too. So cool to see him back on TV after a long absence. And anytime you got to trot him out on TV, fans had to be tickled. I mean, he was such a big part of what you guys were doing for so long and was taken away so soon. Really cool moment there. Really was to see him. You could just see a look at his eyes and tell he was, you know, just glad to be a part of it. And that's a loss that, uh, the business had that, you know, never recovered from. It's not like there was, you know, it was just one of those things that those of us that knew and loved the guy, it was in the back of your head every day when you went to work. And that went on for years. It really did. And when you see him get to be back and be a part of it and enjoying himself and getting to be a, you know, a part of that, that whole thing, it was just felt good. Really cool to uh, take a look at that clip. And, uh, I love the, the, the subtle little storytelling of, we don't even know there's 50 grand in that paper sack and here comes dusty dumping it out. And I'm sure Jim liked being on TV too. I mean, he wasn't a regular on TV of any. Sir, uh, of any substance, but a little, little TV time for the promoter. That was pretty cool. Sure. Yeah. It was a good piece. I enjoyed watching that again. Uh, we're not done. We've got another clip here for you. Let's go ahead and tee up, uh, our next one. And this is, this is an interesting time in the business, of course, because dusty Rhodes is everywhere and, uh, he's finding himself battling with the four horsemen. It feels like for years on end. And he was famous for talking them into the seats and he's going to do exactly that. Here's a localized dusty Rhodes promo. Talking about the four horsemen that air on worldwide on May 23rd, 1987. St. Louis player, that figure four, the pressure put on it. This guy's the most sadistic of the bunch. Yeah, very well could be. The question is, can Dusty Rhodes recover this time? Not if the four horsemen have anything to do with it. There's your winner, Arn Anderson. the people in this country. Ric Flair, let's stop BSing the people in this country. Lex Luger, Iron Edison, Joe Dillon, let's stop talking about it. You might end up with your foot in your mouth. You can't judge an apple by looking at a tree. You can't judge a honey by looking at the bee. You can't judge a dog by looking Man, how fun was that? The old <laughs> dusty package was a good time. And how about can't judge a book by its cover. I mean, I, I'm sure there was no licensing fee, fee paid for that, but pretty fun little Hank Williams junior tune there. Huh? Yeah, buddy. Yeah, it was great. And it made guys stars, you know, it, it just did. It just added to the whole persona, the whole thing. Let's wrap things up with a pretty fun segment here. We've got the four horsemen putting down a beat down on dusty roads in the ring. 
This airs on the same episode of Worldwide, May 23rd, 1987. Just Flair over in the corner on the top rope. Throws him out to the ring. He's going to get him in the figure four. Does he have out in the figure four? This could be it. This could be it. Here's Luger. attack the same area now Dusty being helped and assisted here by Nikita Koloff the Rock and Roll Express are in trying to help him and Payne still on the face and the screams from Dusty Rhodes as he's in tremendous pain and we can look at it again part of it in in tape here as to exactly what happened to Dusty Rhodes let's look at the tape again Johnny now, right here was where Dusty caught Flair coming uh, to the top turnbuckle. I think Flair was going to try to jump on that leg there, but Dusty reversed that with a, a slam on that top turnbuckle, and the stage got set right here as Dusty locked in the figure four. It should have all been over at this point with Dusty and Nikita, the winners, as he had that figure four, and you saw what happened with Luger. But outside, coming through, you see the four other four horsemen, Art Anderson, Tully Blanchard, and Tully with that briefcase is pounding away, and now he goes right to that knee, right to the leg that they had hurt before, the one they broke before. And again, now look, watch this, Bob. The four horsemen, look at this, they're going to put that suitcase underneath the knee this time. They really intend to do the job. And the man who is already signed in a $50,000 match, $100,000 now, is the man doing the jumping. That's right. The jumping right on that leg, trying to really injure Dusty Rhodes this time. Tully Blanchard had to have Saturday. Would you prefer Dusty and Tully or Dusty and Flair? 
Dusty and Tully. Why is that? I just felt like Tully really <clears throat> was a just somebody that you despised. He didn't have one fan in <laughs> any audience. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. I mean, he had the most heat of all of us. Flair was always going to be Ric Flair, the you know half-assed baby face, depending on what town you were. Right. Tully was just a no good, rotten scoundrel. And, uh, you know, the audience just loved to see him get his ass kicked. And Dusty was perfect. And then Tully was smart enough to know that he would feed Dusty and feed him and feed him and feed him and make him as, as big a star as he possibly could before he ever slowed him down. I'm curious what you can tell us about, uh, how the presentation of Tully would change. Uh, you know, we, we've talked a lot about, uh, the UWF acquisition earlier. Another key piece of talent that's going to come over is dark journey. And it's here in may of 1987, the same month, the acquisition goes down where we first started to see and hear her name be mentioned. Uh, and I think the first time it actually aired. Uh, was on a television taping that was done on the 19th that aired on the 23rd. And you're just introducing her that, uh, she's going to be a big part of the presentation. She is going to be Tully Blanchard's new secretary and man, she's a part of the promotion here for a bit, but you already have JJ Dillon. What did dark journey add to the Tully Blanchard presentation in your opinion? Um, we weren't quite sure about that other than they had acquired that group of talent and you had to put them somewhere. The only thing we could figure was they were putting them with Tully to get her immediate rub and, uh, you know, position her in a, in a top spot. It's about all I could figure. You know, it's not something that anybody talks about these days, but it really wasn't ever even seen very often in those days. I wonder, was it considered, do you think by the Crockett's at the time that it would be quote unquote heat, that it might be an interracial couple? Of course, these days it's just, you know, Tuesday, but in these Southern towns back then, do you think anybody thought, man, maybe that's heat or would that not have even crossed their mind? I don't think so. I don't, uh, I don't think that was ever discussed. I mean, the business has always been a melting pot of, of every shape, color, size, you name it, nationality. That's the beauty of the wrestling industry. There's. We got one of everything or two of everything. Yeah. And that's, that's what I love about it, you know, and it's, I don't think that was ever even in the discussion. I think it was just, a, you know, just a position of, uh, okay, where are you going to put her where she's going to matter? Because you're right. When you have JJ Dillon, that's all you need. Right. Well, what do you think, uh, or what did you think of dark journey? The person, when you got to know her, I don't know that she was traveling with you guys, but all of a sudden you've kind of been a band of brothers and now all these out Lex is in, and now here's dark journey. It feels like the presentation is really changing for the four horsemen all of a sudden. Well, I, I was just professional weather. Like I was anybody else, you know, it's like we had a job to do. Um, <clears throat> I did not know her prior to that. And you know, never was in a position to be around her very often. To be honest with you, that was more segregated to her and Tully and, uh, didn't involve me at all. To be honest with you. Well, we're glad that, uh, this episode involved you. We're loving talking about all good things, uh, Crockett 1987. And of course uh, we mentioned you're going to finish up in Philadelphia, but 
uh, come June, man, it's a whole new ball game. Uh, we're marching towards the summer months, which depending on who you ask could be hit or miss. Uh, I think historically people say, oh, television ratings are down in the summer for wrestling, but others say, oh no, tickets were moving pretty hot. Uh, and, and it's always interesting to hear what the different perspectives are. Did you view the summer as a particularly hot time for the wrestling business or maybe not so much? Kids are out of school. I looked at it as going to be a hot summer. Business was usually up. Uh, you know, that was just my experience. Well, we can't wait to hear more about your experience next week here on the show. We're going to be breaking down all things June of 1987. Um, and, and of course, as we're talking about our journey through here, you're actually doing a little extra over on adfreeshows.com. We're getting you to uh, sit down and do some bonus content every single month. You get our shows early and ad free over at adfreeshows.com. And I'm, I'm looking forward to what you guys are uh, planning to do this month. I know that every month it's something different. We just saw you and Dustin in action the other day and ad free shows has been a lot of fun. Has it not Orn? It is. And it's a thank you to, to all of our family that, uh, you know, do the extra where we're concerned. We want to do the extra where they're concerned. And, uh, it's been ad free shows have been a huge success and we're very thankful that, uh, to have that relationship with all the members. It's growing bigger and better. We're doing really fun stuff earlier this week. We had an Eric fires back, which is one of our most popular pieces of content. And of course, earlier, uh, this year we had Ric Flair sit down to do a watch along for the 1992 Royal rumble. Lots more cool experiences coming your way. You get interactive Q and A's with some of the biggest names in the business and that's kind of cool because it's even more than what you might get at a meet and greet. A lot of times at a meet and greet, there's just a, a line of folks standing there to get their autographs and it's, Hey, nice to meet you. Appreciate all the memories. This way you get to actually ask questions and there's a forum to really develop a relationship, right? Arn? You bet. And it helps us, you know, you ask some questions that, that might jog our memory and help us remember something that otherwise we, we wouldn't have. Lots of fun at adfreeshows.com. Check it out if you haven't already. He is at the Arn Show. I am at Hey Hey, it's Conrad, and we are out of time. We'll see you next week right here on Arn. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.